They walked 1,158 of us down to Eisenhower Hall. The first captain, the King of Beasts, is up on stage, and he asked the following groups of people to stand up. All those of you that were valedictorian in your high school class, I don't know, like 100-something people stood up. And all those of you that were captain of varsity athletic team in high school, please stand up. And you know, four or 500 more people stood up. And then all those of you that were the president of your senior body, you know, your class in high school, stand up. Well, another 145 people stand up. And I, I figured at that point, the only question left was, Anthony DeToto, would you like to stand <laughs> up, right? And we all felt like that at some point in our cadet career. You made that point. We go through this very uniform experience where they want to make sure that we all embrace the suck, embrace the suck. And I like that didn't necessarily bother me. And they played a little song by a guy named Lee Greenwood. If I remember right, I call him proud, I'm proud to be an American. And I saw everybody got up on his feet and were screaming. And I thought, man, these are my people. This is where I want to be. Like, I want to be part of this, whatever this is right now. And as I share that story on success and weekends, a couple things happened. One is I met Mike, um, Mike Daly, who is a Medal of Honor winner, Class 43X. I met Buddy Buca. I met Hal Moore. I met rookie mayor Rudy Giuliani. I met a guy named Bill Murdy, uh, who was responsible for the turnaround of, of uh, Hotel Thayer. He's become a great mentor for me. But all those people, save the mayor, offered to sit with me and help me figure out my transition. And on the second weekend, I was up in Connecticut, and I remember there was a 72 grad. He was just, he worked at Sikorsky, or one of the big contractors that was yoked to the DOD, uh, you know, war machine, if you will. And this is, these are 90, this is 94, 95. So these are the, the years where we're downsizing the military, and Connecticut is really tied to it. And he walked up to me after he got off the stage, and he handed me his resume. And he said, son, you seem like you really got your stuff together. I'm hoping you could help me. And I thought, interesting. I would love to help you, sir. You know, I just went from making 14 grand a year in the military to making 29 grand, I think. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll try to figure out who I can put you in touch with. And I thought to myself, I don't ever want to try to drink from that well that I haven't contributed to. And, and really what it comes down to, and, you know, 20, 30 years later is, when we were in the military and we're getting ready to get out, most of us didn't know exactly what we wanted to do next, but we were all almost to a person pretty sure that it wasn't going to be as important as what we just did. And purpose matters. You know that adage that nobody remembers who finished the second? Well, for the president of our class, I ran against Mike Ash, my prep school classmate, and Ed Tadzina, my battalion buddy right so I, I wanted to beg each of them to get out of the race because there's I probably would I didn't have a shot anyway against Shannon he was so articulate and really understood politics better than most of us but Shannon was the first sort of deep bruise about finishing second to something that I wanted and it was a good thing right it it's a little bit like Avis we try a little bit harder you know I, I, and, and so when we say fallen, I think it was a shock to all of us. It was a shock to all of us that Shannon got a little bit quiet after graduation because he was always ever present and always had a smile on his face. And my company mate, Kevin Krieger, was the only one that could come close to doing. They called it the Arkansas poop. Like they had this little political rhetoric chant that they, they knew. Uh, but they had done Boys State a number of different things. And um, that was the one. You know, and of course, like Tommy McTeague and his dad used to come to our rugby matches. And I remember playing the Southside Irish 
And let's just say that things got a little bit spun up outside the scrum and the ball went the other way. And uh, Mr. McTeague was there just screaming, rooting for a little battle that was going on between me and one other guy from that. The other guy didn't do so well at the end of this little battle that nobody could see. Most people were 50 meters the other side, but all, you know, like always a smile on his face. And I remember him telling me at the army Navy game at Rutgers about what was going on with them and just thinking, no way, you know, like way too young. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I remember Tyner maybe because he was one of the first, I don't know if I even put that on the list, but it's, uh, and then Bill Hecker because he went in harm's way. So again, another B3 guy. And I just think, but what I think about a fair amount, and you and I talked a little bit about this is when I lost my, uh, I lost my younger brother a couple of years ago. Mm. And, you know, I, people have varying degrees of what spirituality is, but I just think about the family behind uh, Bill Hecker and Shannon Beebe and Rusty Davidson and, and Wildermuth and, and the impact on them not being there. You talking about you want to optimize all your time, Jamie Schleck, on your, on the sideline, watching your son play AAU basketball and them always looking out into the crowd and not seeing their dad or their mom there for them. And, you know, with my little brother, I remember looking at my parents at the foot of my brother's casket as the priest in the Catholic church talked about, and the, the, the God who gave of his only begotten son and seeing in one image, my, uh, my, my brother's casket and my parents and thinking about that, what it's like to lose a child. So when I reflect on loss and given you, know, when you're in the, the, the best part of my job is I get to help people solve problems. And the worst part is and we get invited to all the funerals and we help as these families transition from one generation to the next. And so that's the death is ever present. The more people, you know, the more you're going to hear about it. Um, so I just, I love the fact that when I think about our experience, um, you know, I think of West Point is founded in 1802, 217 years of history unhampered by progress in many ways. Okay. So the rituals that we have, the grip hands part of things, the, the long gray line piece of it, you know that there's somebody else there that has your back. And when my brother passed, it was literally similar timing to when they were running the leadership conference you just came back from. And unbeknownst to me, uh, you know, Pete Gaudet showed up and John Palsisco showed up. I hope his mom's feeling a little bit better. I know he was supposed to be on with you tonight. And Fitzy, Brian Fitzgerald took a, uh, took a cab up or took an Uber, of course, up from New York City to Connecticut. And Obi Alfaro jumped on a plane and came out from Texas. And so, you know, we, there's lots of things we can pick. We always can't pick our family, but having the sort of brotherhood, the brothers and sisters that we have in our class around us is pretty powerful. And, you know, as I work with families that steward money across generations, you know, they're all, once people have all the money in the world, they're trying to figure out how they can live 150 years. Well, one of the things that everyone's fighting is, you know, cancer and Alzheimer's. And the only thing that they're showing, they'll make some medical advance, but the thing that's really important to the fight against Alzheimer's that they're showing more and more supported data on is your sense of community. You know, the fact that you get, you're getting out and talking to people more. That's the way to keep yourself in check against that fight. It's an enemy that we don't fully have our arms around yet, but that's a good, that's a good stab at it. So didn't mean to digress, but I think it's important. Well, I think you are you you have been a master at uh, 
and networking, maintaining, you know, relationships. You mentioned before, I mean, you know, Bill Murdy and Buddy Buca and, uh, you know, Stan McChrystal is another guy that you've been connected to. And, um, you know, I mean, Ryan McCarthy and, you know, our classmates, people years ahead of us and years before us. Um, and, um, and so anyway, I'm just, I'm always intrigued by your ability to, uh, to maintain that, that large network. It's, it's, it's a, uh, the only one who comes close to rivaling you, I think, um, who, who would you think I would say, uh, that comes close, not our classmate, somebody who come close to rivaling you in terms of main, maintaining a, uh, a long, deep network of people. We both um, know. Murdy, Dan Rice, Franz Hong, Sean Olds. Sean Olds, yeah, Sean Olds. Sean Olds, uh, Sean Olds is, yeah, 94 grad. Unbelievable. And by the way, <laughs> the joke is, you know that picture, the, the old grad podcast picture with General with General Schwarzkopf drinking beer? In that picture is young smack. Um, <laughs> Sean Olds is in that picture. I'm like, how'd you get yeah. in this picture? He's, yeah. he's, he goes, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah, so. Well, one of the things I found over the years, and thank you, Jamie, but uh, I think of of um, connectivity is important. Networking, people, some people feel like, ah, it's a four-letter word. Ah, I only have to do that if I'm not good at my trade. Uh, you know, what I found over the years is having mentors in different decades of life is really important. So my SAT word, avuncular, uh, kind uncle, my other one is, is thinking about, well, what's the right way to say this? How do I, orthogonal, how do I want to look at an issue through your lens? Think about a fish in a bowl and then picking up that bowl and spinning it around. Um, you know, I never ran a chemical company. If I want to understand something about not just the aesthetics and the supply chain and the financials, I'd pick up the phone and call you. And if you're not the guy, you're going to know 10 of the guys that can help me with that. I'll put you through so, somebody else, not me. <laughs> right. But, but, but you get the point. You're going to know you're the hub to those folks for me. Yeah. And that's the way I'm not very linear. I've been able to leverage that. So I wind up being the first phone call for people where I, there's nothing they can really do for me. And they always ask, Hey, Anth, how can I ever reciprocate that? And I've always said, Hey, look, man, when you're in a position to do this 20 years from now, do it for somebody else. Because the Hal Moores and the Buddy Bucas and the Mike Daly's did it for me. The Bill Murdy's really did it for me. And they do it, right? You do it for somebody because you see a little bit of yourself in them in some way. And I look at it like, uh, you know, people could say karma or paying it forward or serendipity or the Catholics call it providence. Who cares? It's the right thing to do. In my mind, I, it's the cadet prayer. It's the, you know, doing, look, working for the whole truth. Um, when, when, you know, all, when, the, when the whole truth can be won, not, set, not settling on the half and doing the right thing above and beyond what's expected of you. 